All right, let's practice this corporately with one another. Um, and I'll start. Um, if you don't know already, because uh, my children don't know how to keep a secret, um, my wife and I are expecting our fourth child. Um, and so she is carrying child number four. And, you know, if you know our story, not too long ago we shared with you that, you know, in the effort um, to have another child, you know, we lost um, our last child. And so um, I'm grateful for the gift. That's what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful. I didn't have to. Um, and so I'm grateful, you know, for the gift. Um, so who else? What are you grateful for? Just shout it. Just shout it at me. What are you grateful for? Provision. God pursuing you when you were lost. His patience. His forgiveness. Thankful for the church. Yeah. And everybody said, Amen. The jury's still out. Um, what else? What are, you, what are you thankful for? Healing. Yeah. Somebody say something over here? No? Anna, was that you? Did you say something? No? Okay, sorry. Guidance. Thankful for his guidance. Yeah. I don't know if you read the rest of Psalm 95, but one of the things that uh, Thanksgiving uh, produces is it, you know, it tenderizes our heart. It softens us so that we don't have this hardened heart um, and so we don't forget what God has done, what he's brought us out of, what he's still doing, right? Israel quickly forgot what God had just done. They forgot what he was currently doing. Their hearts became hardened in the place that they found their feet. And so when we take the time to practice the discipline of gratitude, right, it's like we're, we're tenderizing our heart and we're remembering who he is, what he's done, what he's currently doing, so that we don't forget and start wandering off on our best laden plans. And so it protects us, you know, from ourselves, from our flesh. One more. What are you grateful for? Yeah, Bill. Your wife and your child. Yeah, right on. This morning, what we're going to do um, is you're going to hear a, um, a testimony, um, and then we're going to close um, in worship. Uh, before we hear from a testimony, let me just say a couple things to you um, in the way of this testimony um, and all testimonies. Um, you know, the Bible is clear, and if we will take what it says at face value, um, our testimonies are crucial. They're paramount. I mean, they are like... We have to. 
We have to do this. I have to do this. You have to. We have to. If you take the word of God at face value, right, in Revelation when it says we will overcome, we will win, we will be victorious, we will conquer through the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb, and the word of our testimony. Take that at face value. You win. I win. We win. When we apply the blood of Jesus... And when we share our testimony, and we hear testimonies, this is how we overcome what the enemy is trying to do in our lives. Take that at face value, how crucial it is for them to talk about what God is doing in our lives, where we see God moving. It's crucial. This testimony this morning, um, you know, came about last week um, after the message, which if you're visiting this morning or you weren't here last week, all right, we've been in this series called Choosing Courage. And each week talking about different things, right, that God is calling us uh, to be courageous in. And so last week was courage to love your spouse. All right, and the plan this week was to talk about courage to love your spouse part two. Okay, and so, but uh, this couple came up to me after Sunday last week and said, hey, Zach, um, if you think it's okay, if you think it fits, we would like to share our testimony um, about what God has been doing you know, our marriage, where we've been, where we are. Um, and they said, because we need people and we want people to understand that the power of the Holy Spirit is real. So that we know that the power of the Holy Spirit is real. Would you be okay if we Talked about our test. Yeah. <laughs> sure would. Be good. You should do that. You know, and so um, they're going to come up and share um, the, 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 the testimony is the epitome of courage. What you're about to hear is the epitome of courage. We've been talking about this for several months now. And there's no better way after listening, you know, to this in the first service. There's no better way for us to end this series on courage than this picture right here. Okay, um, and so in gateway fashion, we're going to do what? We're going to make a lot of noise because we take Scripture at face value, and this is important. All right, um, and so uh, as Doug and Crystal Benjamin come on up, y'all make a lot of noise. All right, so I'm Crystal. That's Doug. And uh, first, Zach, I just got to tell you, doing this twice, whew, props to you. Um, yeah, so we've been going through the series on courage, and that is what led us to want to tell our, uh, our story. Um, that story actually began in this building, not to give our age completely out, but over 30 years ago. Seventh grade English class, a shy little Doug and a uh, excessive talker in me. Um, eventually, and an afro, yes, I did not know what a moose was, and so I had quite the afro in seventh grade. Um, despite that comment, we became friends. 
and uh, eventually started dating. Um, became pe uh, pregnant at 16 and parents at 17. Um, Tyler was our, our, our first. And uh, yeah, we were young and immature and uh, wanted up going our separate ways over the uh, next 10 years. Um, over those 10 years, uh, Doug had a daughter with another and I had a daughter with another. And then in 2004, we uh, reunited that old flame and winded up living together. Um, life had a way of uh, presenting its own insecurities for each of us individually, and uh, we entered that relationship in 2004 with our own demons there. And within about a year, we were on the verge of breaking up again. Got an invite to Gateway by uh, the Bardwells and the Lollies, if I remember right. And uh, came here, heard Joey Butler, who is a, a very powerful speaker and just has a way of speaking directly to you. Um, one service he was talking about laying those, uh, those demons, those things that you're carrying with you that aren't yours to carry at the cross. And it... Uh, had a really impact on, big impact on Doug. And soon after that, he was on his first mission trip to Jamaica. Came home from Jamaica telling me that he had asked Jesus into his heart and had uh, surrendered. And I was happy for him. You know, I, I believed in God. I was, you know, I, I understood what he was doing. I wasn't necessarily doing that myself, but, you know, I was glad he was, and I was definitely reaping the benefits because he was a better partner to me because of it and a better father to our kids. And uh, I saw this transformation in Doug where he once was um, not confident in himself and uh, had gone through lots of years of addiction, and it had... Uh, affected him, and now God had a hold of him and was calling him to start the prison ministry, and he was, uh, he was pursuing that passionately, and it, it was cool to see, and I was uh, glad that he was doing it. Thank you. But me personally, I'm, uh, I'm happy Doug's doing what he's doing. I'm uh, encouraging him to do it, but I'm, I'm checking boxes. I'm showing up to Sunday to feel good. I'm keeping up appearances, but there's no relationship with Jesus. There's no surrendering. Um, we got married in 2008, and we, we were happy. We enjoyed each other's company, made each other laugh, and as long as we didn't, you know, go too deep, as long as we didn't uh, discuss those insecurities, those demons, we... We were good. Anything that would, we knew would start a fight, we kind of avoided. Um, finances was a big one of those, and that uh, eventually led us to one of the homes um, through Mercy Ministry, which uh, helped out the finances a lot. And we were able to buy our house in 2011. That was the same year that our daughter Zadie was born, and... Um, 
I've always just really thought that was cool because, you know, we started off as friends, became parents to our oldest at 17, like I had said, and then we each had kids on our own and then kind of completed that circle with Zadie. I just, I think Zadie likes that too, but... Um, a couple years after Zadie was born, um, a big secret of mine kind of came to light and the fact that I had been addicted to uh, pain pills, opiates to be exact, and uh, there's really no, it was my idol. It was what, I couldn't make it throughout the, through the, out the day without it. I would do whatever I had to to get it. and. Uh, it led to me losing my job, it led to, as a nurse, it led me to uh, losing my career as a nurse. And uh, it was a lot of shame and uh, embarrassment with that. I, you know, had let my family down, myself down. Um, I, I was not in a, in a great place and it's, it's, it still kind of hurts today that I can't practice as a nurse. But anyway, I moved on to... Um, working at the, the Hereford House. Um, Doug's mom is a corporate bigwig there, and so it was just easy for me to get in the door and needed to bring in money for the house. Started off there as a server. Eventually was a, uh, a bartender there. Um, while this is going on, I still am not sur surrendering. I'm not asking Jesus into my heart. I'm not interested in a relationship. Um, Doug, however, is uh, still in a relationship with, with Jesus, is still uh, very strong in his faith, and is uh, working with our daughter, thankfully, to uh, teach her Bible verses and uh, make her know who Christ is, praying with Zadie, and I'm not present for that. That's, they're on another end of the house doing that, and I'm over in my own world. Um, I'm working at the Hereford House with uh, a younger crowd, you know, in their mid to late 20s, and uh, I'm seeing them appear to have a, a lot of fun, and I start um, desiring that for myself. I start thinking how unfair it was that I missed out on my 20s because I had a young child at that time, and I was at home taking care of him, and you know, maybe, maybe it's my turn to have some of that fun. And, you know, I, I wanted my family. I wanted my husband. But I want to have this fun, too. And uh, that, that definitely uh, stirred up some, some issues in our, in our relationship. Um, after about five years of working there, I winded up finding a new job, but uh, main, maintained contact with a few of those coworkers. And about six, seven months ago, I winded up um, at the Hereford House to have a drink after work and ran into an uh, old regular. And we started talking, and I uh, gave him my phone number. Over the next month, there was a um, daily, daily text, occasional calls, and uh, even a trip to uh, Menards where we shopped together. Um, 
that went, that was going on for about a month, and um, in September of last year, we were in Doug and I, the family, were in Springfield for a family reunion. And one morning, I woke up with Doug standing over our bed, asking me who this guy was, and he had my phone in his hand. Um, my first reaction is to lie, to, to cover it up. Um, but ev eventually the texting, the phone calls, the trip to Menards, all came out. <clears throat> and I saw Doug in so much pa pain, pain that I didn't even know that I could, could cause. And... Uh, I was convinced he was going to leave. He, you know, the Viking and addiction, me trying to live my 20s as a married woman, and uh, now this. He's, he had every right to leave, every right to hate me and not look back. But uh, later that afternoon, he came to me and, and hugged me and uh, assured me that we were going to make it through, and uh, he's going to tell you how he was able to do that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was, um, I woke up that morning, and <clears throat> I, had, I had, we had an issue with our debit card, and, and it's just crazy how God works, how God immediately was interrupting. I, I spent a long time thinking God wasn't with me anymore. I was, it was a confusing time while my wife was at the Herford House. Very confusing time. And I just thought that maybe God had left me or maybe I was a fraud the whole time. And so I was just like very quiet. Didn't talk to anyone anymore. And just remember, I mean, like immediately I needed this second phone because I just went through it the week before. And I needed two phones. I had given my son my work phone because his phone just broke. It's just weird how... It was like the perfect thing, you know. Um, uh, I, anyway, I grabbed the phone and I read just some pretty hard things to read. And it ripped my heart out. And uh, I just sat there. I was like, what? I just couldn't believe it, you know. In a way, you know, I kind of shared this earlier. I think in a way God had already prepared me for this because I had seen some strange things for a while. Things that I just was like, you know, you know, if you're a, if you've been married, well, you know your spouse, and there's just weird things happening, and um, uh, I call Zach, I start crying, you know, I'm crying pretty hard, and I'm, you know, as an old 50-year-old man, I'm on the phone with <laughs> Zach, who just, a <laughs> young man, <laughs> who uh, handled it very well, he's a great man. Um, well, well beyond his years, and just handled it very well, and um, helped me kind of process. And it's very clear, very quickly, that the Lord asked me to give her a hug and kiss her and tell her you love her. And as I was sitting out on the porch, looking through this the glass door at Crystal crying, her pain became greater than my pain, and it was just—I mean, as we know, that's the whole, the Holy Spirit. I, I can't do that. I can't forgive that quick. I can't allow what just happened go unpunished. I need to punish somebody. And 
it just wasn't, God just, just started helping me through it, and I saw her pain, and, and later that day, it didn't happen to me, but later that day, clumsily, I uh, was able to do what the Lord asked. He asked us to do something. He asked, he, he's going to ask us to do some hard things. He asked his son to go to the cross, so he's going to ask us to do some things, and, uh, and, I, and if we say yes, he will give us the power to do it. There's no question about that. The Holy Spirit will bring you through. And uh, so that's what happened. I, uh, yeah, so yeah, we came home. It was very awkward spending the rest of the time with all of our family. We got home and we started talking about you need to surrender. I, need, I just said, I think you might want to surrender to Christ. And uh, <laughs> need, maybe, I don't know. We all need it. But it was just, so I'll let her take over from there. So, yeah, there was a, many times throughout my life when I needed to and should have surrendered and uh, can be kind of stubborn, and I didn't. Um, but when we got home that night after uh, not only seeing the pain that I had caused, but the, uh, the forgiveness that was provided so quickly, I, I wanted in. I, I, I wanted that too. So Doug and Zadie and I all prayed together in our room um, for Christ to come into my heart, to change my heart. Um, I didn't want my life anymore. I, I, wanted, I wanted to give it up. I wanted to live for him, not, not for me. Um, living for me had caused a lot of pain. Um, and in that moment, when I asked for, for God's forgiveness, um, I had felt something that I'd never, ever felt before. It was like the shame was lifted right then. The, the forgiveness was right then. And uh, in Romans it says, um, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord um, will be saved. I believe it's 1013. Um, and there was, still, there was still work to be done. I mean, I... I still felt sorry. I still felt embarrassed. I still lived with this fear that Doug was going to, you know, wake up one morning and realize, you know what, nope, I can't forgive you, and leave. And he, like I said, he had every right to. Um, so there, there was still work to be done. There were still triggers that w would happen. And uh, I can remember on a date night, we winded up in a parking lot fighting and crying. It was supposed to be... Um, and, and sometimes it didn't even take much for those triggers to come up. We were going to go to Fall Fun Fest, and it started to rain, and I have curly hair. I can't be out in the rain, or I will look like I did in seventh grade. So uh, we winded up letting it ruin our date, and it, somehow it turned into a fight, and I can't remember which one of us it was, but just looked at the other and said, let's pray, and... So we prayed, we brought God into that moment, and then winded up laughing together at a Johnny's Tavern later that night. So even though there was forgiveness, even though, um, you know, not just by Doug for me, but I felt that um, God had forgiven me, and God was taking that shame from me, it's, there's still triggers, there's still work to be done. Um, one thing we did start doing in, in the midst of this was reading um, a scripture every morning and, and praying together. And I'm going to read that scripture 
It's uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 12. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can they be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple-braided cord is not easily broken. And uh, after a week or two of us reading this every morning together, I remember um, us having a conversation about, you know, what it looks like to be alone. You know, we're physically sitting by each other. You know, we're sleeping in the same bed every night. But um, being alone is living in secrets, too. Being alone is not sharing everything with your spouse. Um, I hate saying that I had a relationship with someone else, um, but if you're in daily contact with somebody, that's a relationship. Um, And that was a secret that was keeping me alone, um, apart from Doug. And uh, we tell you, now it's, we, we don't want to be alone, so we share everything. Um, even the hard stuff sometimes is uh, difficult to talk about, but uh, we've also known each other since we were 12. So I know Doug's face when he's thinking something, and sometimes um, I have to pull it out of him, um, and vice versa. But, you know, we don't let up until it's out there because uh, we can't have th- those secrets to cause us to be alone. And then the, the three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. In the past, you know, Doug had a relationship with God. My daughter did. I didn't. And because I didn't, I can't say that God was a part of our relationship. And uh, now he is. Now, now we each have our relationship individually, but he's, he's in our marriage now. And in the morning when we pray together, I know what Doug's praying for, and he knows what I'm praying for. We, uh, we bring each other's needs to the Lord, and uh, it's, it's actually kind of cool. Um, in October, Doug uh, baptized me, and uh, that was really pretty awesome, too. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I don't... Uh, like I said, I, I am very sorry for what happened, for what I did. I'm sorry to Doug. I'm sorry to my daughter, to our family. But uh, I don't live in that shame. I know that God took that shame from me. Um, I should feel the worst I've ever felt about myself. But because of God, I now walk in, um, in a confidence, in a confidence that I'm, I'm his daughter. I'm, I am the daughter of the king. I know I was marked by him a long time ago. Um, our marriage has never been filled with as much love, joy, and laughter as it is today. Our uh, daughter actually commented on that to her dad not that long ago. We now have weekly date nights, Johnny's, 
just another plug there. Um, but we also enjoy just going everywhere together. Um, it doesn't matter if it's uh, down the street to the neighborhood market or to drop Zadie off at one of her friend's house. We, uh, it used to be, well, you take her and I'll pick her up. Now we go on both um, just to be with each other. And uh, it's like we're best friends again, as long as he doesn't say anything else about me having an afro. Um, we also enjoy talking about what we're learning about, you know, what we heard today, whether it be on bot radio or, or reading in, in scripture. We, uh, we enjoy those conversations too. It's not surface talk. It's, it's deeper now and uh, it's definitely bonding us closer together. Um, and I said this in the first service, but today what I'm grateful for is, uh, is God's mercy. Um, because of God's mercy, I, uh, I know that that shame isn't mine to carry. And because of God's mercy, I, uh, my marriage, our marriage, looks a lot different today. And uh, Doug recently had a conversation with our daughter about her front row seat to this. So uh, my mouth is dry, and I'm going to stop talking and let you finish. Yeah, last week we... Uh... <clears throat> Me and Zadie were on our way to church, <clears throat> and she says, Dad, I don't think I could do what you've done. I don't think I can do it. And I told Zadie, well, I can't. I can't. Apart from Christ, I can't do it either. I said, it's, uh, but I go, what do you see now? And what do you see in mom? She goes, well, she likes to go to church. Should we talk differently? You two are different. You laugh. And I was like, yeah, so I wouldn't change it for anything. It's kind of crazy to say that. It was awful. But the result is so much better. And Zadie immediately says, well, it was like the fire. And we had a house fire back in 2020. And, uh, you know, it was a very, our house was in bad shape. It was beat up. We just didn't have the money to do anything about it. And um, moment of terror of, of rushing everyone out of the house were, for a few moments, we're not thinking we're going to make it out of the house to getting out and then watching how it was rebuilt and watching how God's providence is crazy because this is, I didn't say this earlier, but just thinking now I see Tyler Brown's face. He set us up with a plan that protected us so well. God is always working. And we, our house we, was built back so much better. And she's like, that's just like the fire. That's the way she sees it. Mom is built back so much better. And our relationship was built back so much better. And watching just how God works and how he inter intervenes in the affairs of people. Um, you know, many years ago, Crystal had patience with me. When people said I was a lost cause, that I was not worth getting back with. She gave up everything to, to, to get back with me. And then now God has given me the ability to have patience with her when she needs it. And uh, it's just kind of, it's just, it's crazy how that works. Um, even when we were dead in our trespasses, God loved us, you know, and he was waiting for us to come. come. He was waiting for that moment that Crystal would say, I had enough, you know. And, uh, and so that's where we're all today. It's like we're this new bond that we do do everything together. We do go to the store. It's just uh, it's a different thing. And when it's kind of ironic, earlier the song, um, 
Christ is my firm foundation. I almost started singing. I have, <laughs> um, now, uh, Vince brought something to my attention a while back when I was talking um, that, you know, we used to have this verse that helped us through the fire, and it's um, the foolish one built their house on the sand because when the winds came and the storms came and the, and, the, and the wind beat against that house, it crumbled because it wasn't built on the rock. But the man that built their house on the firm foundation, it stood when the waves came and the, and the storms pounded against the wall. It stood because it was founded on the rock. And he's like, that song's more, or that verse is more evident than ever today. And it's, it's real. Even when I didn't even know, even when I didn't think God was even speaking anymore, he was holding us on. And, and just uh, watching Crystal's repentance is, uh, in the past, um, she wouldn't say anything. If I this is going to sound bad. If I caught her in something, she wouldn't say it was like, okay, you caught me, so what? It was over. And we weren't allowed to talk about it. It was just, I had to just take this and deal with it. And now, um, the way things are now, you know, my paranoia was going to destroy this marriage. If I say I'm going to forgive somebody, I have to forgive. I can't keep holding it over their head and, and bringing it up every time something bad happens or I see something like the trigger she's talking about. Um, I'm not allowed to do that. I'm, I'm allowed to set boundaries, but I'm not allowed to do, to just badger her. And um, I was going to screw this marriage up, you know. And Crystal says, I'm not going to let you. I'm going to fight for you. And uh, it's, uh, that's all this warrior needed to hear, you know. And I was just like, that's it. And, and I knew I had my, my wife back. I knew I had her back. And uh, um, that's where we're at today. I'm not going to be long because um, there's not much that needs to be said. I think it was John Mark Comer who said, the best teaching makes you envision a better life. The best teaching makes you envision a better life. I don't know how you don't listen to that and you apply it to your marriage or uh, another friendship with a family member or with a coworker, and that ought to make you envision something better. So it's hard, it's hard to, you can't, I do want, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, I do want to I'll put a bow on this morning by saying this, and I'll go to the passage that they've been reading together. Uh, two are better than one. Two are better than one. How are two better than one when two don't love each other? When two people don't love each other well, when they don't choose to love each other, we don't choose courage, how are two better than one? For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. How are, how, how are two better than one when your spouse doesn't lift you up, but it seems like your spouse is the one that's kicking you down? Again, if two lie together, they keep warm. How do you lie together with somebody when you feel betrayed? How do you lie together when trust is broken? 
How do you lie together when emotional connection hasn't happened in umpteen years? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. How do you stand back to back with somebody who stabbed you in the back? How do you protect somebody? You got their six and you're back to back. How do you protect somebody when it seems like you're the reason for my wounds? You know, when they told me last week, hey, Zach, if there's a room for us to share the testimony, we want to tell the story so that people know that the power of the Holy Spirit is real. You lie down with somebody, regardless of what has happened, only because of the power of God in the Spirit. You stand back to back with somebody, regardless of what has transpired, because of the power of the Holy Spirit. That's how you do that. In the power of the Holy Spirit, that's how you do that. You need, I need something more than our willpower if we're going to courageously love our spouse. Amen? Because you know what? I don't want to lie down next to my spouse all the time. And I don't want to stand back to back all the time. I don't want to forgive. It's possible. And Ecclesiastes 4 is true in the Spirit. Now I want to say this, okay? Nobody on staff at Gateway is expert counselors, okay? There's none of us. None of us are expert counselors. None of us are therapists, okay? None of us are experts in trauma, all right? None of that. We have no degrees in any of that. Okay, what we do know, though, is that in the path of love, the Bible says that love always wins. In the path of love, love will win. Love will overcome trauma. Love will overcome wounds. Love will overcome insecurities. Love will overcome a broken marriage. Love will come. It doesn't matter what it is. Love always wins, the Bible says. And I believe that. And this leadership does know how, and there's people in this church that do know how to lead you down the path of love. We do know how to do that. You know how to do that. And, and two things in their story, right, that are so evident in walking down the path of one. The first thing, surrender. Like repentance was necessary. If we're going to walk down the path of love, I've got to surrender. I've got to surrender. The second thing, community. Walking in the path of love required first surrender, but it also required community. They're not walking this out alone. I know that they're meeting with people weekly. Weekly. There's effort required in the path of love. Amen? There's effort. But surrender and community, we get there. In the Spirit, we will get there. There is hope. There is hope. I love, I love 
this, this image of their marriage where when something was going on, it was shut it up. We don't talk about that. You know, we're pretty happy as long as we kind of stay here, surface level. We did pretty good, you know, but we didn't talk about things that, you know, so things come, we just shut that up, don't go there. Let's just stay right here, right? This picture of like not fully being known, being alone in this relationship. And then you see them sitting up here. Here we are. How come? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. How come courage when there used to not be courage? It's beautiful. And it's because of the power of the Spirit. The band's going to come back up because the only proper response, I think, this morning is for us to worship and be grateful about what God is doing all right, in the lives uh, of people in this church, what God has done all right, in their marriage um, and in their children's lives, and what He will continue to do. In the path of love, things will only continue to be redeemed and restored. Y'all stand with me. Let's pray. God, you say, I did not come to condemn you. That's what your son said. I didn't come to condemn you, but to save you. God, thanks for saving us. God, thank you for saving Crystal. We're grateful. We worship you this morning because you have saved her and you have promised her everlasting life. And we are grateful and we will worship you for that this morning. God, thank you for uh, not condemning her. Um, God, thank you for saving their marriage. God, thank you for uh, um, uh, protecting um, Zadie. Um, God, there, there is so much to look at this morning and go, you are good and faithful. You are so good. You're so faithful. God, to sit here and watch Crystal, just courage, just bold like a lion, go here. Let me tell you this for your benefit. God, I'm so grateful for that testimony. Thank you for not condemning us, but inviting us into honesty and love and forgiveness. God, as we worship, let it overflow from a pure heart and a clean conscience. Amen.